The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. And welcome to uh, another episode, another live episode of Wrestling With Jonas. I think this is episode 296. So only a, a few away from that magical milestone figure of 300. And we'll talk about who my up and coming guests are um, between now and episode 300, which is only a few weeks away um, during the course of this interview. But today I'm very, very excited uh, for my next guest. Uh, one of the most exciting young talents on the UK scene in 2023. He's uh, currently the, the number one contender for the Southwest Wrestling Heavyweight title um, as we look ahead to his match against Chris Bronson on the 20th of May from the Exmouth Pavilion. He is Farmstrong. He is Toby Valentine. Toby, great to have you on the show. How are you doing? Wonderful. Yeah, I'm great. Thank you, Jonas. Thank you for having me on. Excited to talk to you. Oh, 100%. And uh, we've seen a little bit of uh, each other over the last few weeks in uh, uh, Tewkesbury and then Saturday uh, in, in Salisbury, of course. But we'll talk all about that. We'll talk all about that for sure. But if you want to get in touch with uh, with Farmstrong, Toby Valentine, you can do. Uh, simply send us your questions. Send us uh, any comments you might have uh, or questions for Toby through using your chosen device. They'll ping through to us and we'll do our very best to answer them during the course of this interview. And I think we've had one or two come through already, Toby. So it's going to be a busy show and I'm really looking forward to uh, speaking to you. Um, but uh, first of all, um, just a quick highlight of some of the interviews I've had recently, because this is the first interview of the month of May. Um, but uh, last month, April, because I was away on holiday, we only had three interviews and they started with Ace Matthews, um, an excellent competitor from uh, the north of the country, uh, doing brilliant things for title championship wrestling and true grit. And of course, 1PW, uh, been featured on the first three of 1PW shows. Uh, we had an excellent interview a couple of weeks back. That's Ace Matthews, episode 293. Last week, I had two fabulous uh, interviews. Uh, one guest there that I'm sure Toby is uh, fully aware of, Niwa, oh, yeah. was uh, my guest for episode 294. Uh, what a fantastic journey he's had from New Zealand to Mexico to all over Europe and the UK, doing wonderful things. Of course, he's a, he's a trailer at uh, All Star Wrestling South with Joel Redman and the guys there. Uh, but in his own right, arguably one of the best pro wrestlers in the UK and further afield. Uh, but that was Neewa from last week. And uh, I think this was Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, last week. Two interviews in one week. RP Davies, the brand new uh, Odyssey Pro champion, the, the TNT Ignition champion, does some wonderful things in the Northwest and further afield. But RP Davies was a wonderful guest and we had him on last week. And of course, just skip ahead a little bit. Episode 300, I alluded to it in the intro. We've got the wonderful Nina Samuels coming on. Um, the host of the Nina Samuels show, former WWE NXT UK star, of course, will be gracing us with her presence. And that is going to be, I think that's Monday, the 15th of May. So a couple of weeks time. Um, and Nina Samuels will be our special guest for our special milestone episode, episode 300. Uh, so uh, don't forget to kind of hit the, the subscribe button if I can get it out um, to uh, make sure that you don't miss out on any of uh, my up and coming interviews. And my guest today, he's right there and he's farm strong. And I've got a few pictures there just to demonstrate why he is farm strong. Uh, look at that gentleman there. Look at the pictures, look at the muscle. Uh, absolutely means business all day long. But uh, Toby, looking at the last 12 months or so, and we'll, we'll kind of get into detail of all this, but 
do you have to kind of pinch yourself when you think what a progression you've made in the wrestling business or the UK scene, how you've branched out, made so many debuts, but uh, the last 12 months or, you know, 12 to 16, 12 to 18 months, sorry, it's been a bit of a wild ride for you, hasn't it? It has, yeah. It, it's hard to, you know, I don't think, I think I speak for a lot of the guys when it's like you don't really notice it when it's happening. You know, you just, you know, weeks go by and weekends go by and it's, oh, I get to this show, get to this show, get to this show. And it's not only, it's only when you look back on it that you sort of realise, oh, I've, you know, I've been this many places and, you know, been out the country and wrestled these great people and looking back on it, it's fantastic. It'd be great if you could uh, appreciate it in the moment a bit more, maybe. Absolutely. And uh, I mentioned about branching out and a lot of debuts and uh, pretty much everything's been a debut since uh, since everybody came out of lockdown. August in 2021 was when you made your debut. So pretty much everything's been a debut since then. But promotions like PEW in Warwickshire. Uh, uh, RWS in Radstock, LDN uh, was a regular home of yours, uh, of course, for a long time in 2021, 2022. Wrestling Society in Portishead, Full Force Wrestling, Odyssey Pro, I believe that you've been up there and made uh, a couple of appearances in Morecambe, and of course, uh, New Wave Wrestling in South Wales. So, an impressive list of companies uh, that you've performed for and performed at over the last year or so. But uh, um, that's a, a list to be proud of, Toby. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's It sounds very impressive when you read it off. So thank you for that. I, I appreciate that. Um, and I was just thinking then when you were reading off the names there, you know, there's um, there's uh, Southwest Wrestling, of course, is a, a big one for me. Yeah. And a special mention to Hard Knocks Pro Wrestling over in Limerick in Ireland as well, which is a, another another fantastic place that I've had the opportunity to wrestle. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's, it's a good list when I hear it out loud. Absolutely, and uh, Southwest West Wrestling, um, a great promotion uh, that I've started working for. That you've had uh, a few outings for in the southwest of uh, England, of course. And I think the first time we actually bumped into one another was in in Tewkesbury, um, and uh, you just won your triple threat match to earn yourself a championship match uh, against the champ for uh, Southwest Wrestling's heavyweight championship, and uh, it's just around the corner, twentieth of May the Exmouth Pavilion, um, and it's going to be yourself and the stallion, Chris Bronson. So let's just bring up some pictures to demonstrate what we're talking about there. There's the graphic uh, for the gold. And uh, let's say Southwest West Wrestling is, is, has become a, uh, a promotion that's become quite close to your heart. Um, so to get that championship fairly so early on into your run, Toby, uh, must be um, a, a bit of a thrill for you and a bit of validation as well. Yeah, it really is. Um, I made my debut for Southwest Wrestling. I can't remember the exact date now, but I remember that it was in the Gloucester Guild Hall uh, against Country Big, Josh Knott, who's a, who's a wrestler who I... Yeah, yeah right that sounds about right. Uh, and, you know, me and Country Big had a really hard-hitting match, and it was, it was you know, Country Big's a, a wrestler that I got a lot of respect for. So getting to, to debut for Southwest uh, against him was fantastic and picked up a win there and you know, following on from there, picked up some some wins along the way against some really great wrestlers, including that triple threat against JD Knight and uh, Buzzsaw Bronson. So it's been a, it's been a steady sort of you know um, uphill journey towards the championship, and finally getting to wrestle Chris Bronson is uh, really made it all worth it. Absolutely. We're going to talk a bit more about that match uh, just around the corner. I think less than three weeks away. away. But uh, what I'm going to do now 
is I'm going to play uh, the interview that I had with Chris Bronson at Tewkesbury after he won his championship match against Niwa to confirm the lineup for the championship match. Of course, yourself versus Chris Bronson uh, at Exmouth Pavilion. And here's what he had to say after his match with some words for yourself. Here at Southwest Wrestling, let me introduce to you the Southwest Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, the Stallion Chris Bronson. Congratulations on your win there, beating Niwa in the main event. I'd love to know your thoughts on your victory there, and of course, you had Toby Valentine come out and challenge you for the, your, the next show for your championship in May. Give us your thoughts, champ. Say that, I feel. Let me tell you this. I just been through a hell of a battle with Niwa. I just bashed him pillar to post in Tewkesbury. Okay, Toby Valentine comes out after I defend my gold. He comes out, gets in my face, declaring he wants a shot at the title. Toby Valentine, when it comes to the 20th of May in the Exmouth Pavilion, I'm going to bash your little farmer head in across the pillars, across the post. I am going to destroy you, Toby Valentine. There's levels to this game, Toby, and you're not on mine. Wow, some pretty strong words there from the champ. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know if you've seen that before, but um, any thoughts as to what he has to say? He, he says he's going to bash your farmer's head from pillar to post. Pretty strong words, but uh, how would you like to uh, retort to Chris's uh, little promo interview he did there in Tewkesbury? Yeah, really strong words yeah. from the champ. Um, you know, he's uh, he's got a lot of confidence, and rightly so. He's the heavyweight champion, and he's regarded by... You know, a lot of people, including me, as one of the, you know, one of the best guys, you know, in the Southwest, but all over the place, you know, and up and coming as well. He's getting around everywhere. He's having a lot of people talk about him. And this match that we're going to have on the 20th of May at the Exmouth Pavilion is something that, you know, I've wanted for a really long time. Something I know the Southwest wrestling fans have wanted for quite a long time. And uh, it's quite ironic him talking about my bashing my farmer head in when I know he had a similar upgrowing to mine. Maybe he forgot about that. Maybe he thinks he outgrew it, but he hasn't. So we'll just we'll we'll get to the twentieth of May and we'll see just exactly who gets battered pillar to post because you know it's not going to be an easy ride for Chris Bronson. No, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, I hope he's not underestimating you in this uh, championship match. And there we go. Uh, Wrestleversary 3. Uh, this is the biggest show of the year for Southwest Wrestling at the Exmouth Pavilion, Saturday, the 20th of May. Get yourself down there. I'm sure tickets are available. Um, and uh, I'm just trying to see how tickets are available. I'm sure if you go to Southwest Wrestling's uh, socials, <clears throat> you'll be able to uh, be directed to the various ticket platforms there. But uh, this is yourself. This is what he was alluding to, yourself coming mm. out after the main event um, in Tewkesbury. And uh, a fantastic venue, a red-hot crowd. Um, and that sent them home nicely uh, with yourself, presenting yourself as the number one contender. This is the show we're looking forward to. And like I say, less than three weeks away. I mean... <clears throat> How are you? I mean, it's going to be a very physical match against Chris. I think you're under no illusions. Um, I'm under no illusions. It's going to be a very, very physical match between two big guys. Um, are, are you are you physically prepared for Chris, but also are you mentally prepared for the match as well and potentially for the onslaught? I'll definitely say I'm physically prepared. 
you know, this is something that I've been working towards for a really long time. Um, and, you know, it went through a really tough match, uh, the triple threat against Buzzsaw and JD, who basically, you know, teamed up together to try and to try and put me out of action, but got through that, managed to see Chris Monson scrape through by the skin of his teeth against Niwa in another really hard-hitting match. But, you know, when, when we collide on the 20th of May, you know, physically and mentally, I'm definitely ready for it. I've been preparing for it for a really long time. Well, would you say that this is possibly, I mean, you've had a lot of tough opponents. You've had a lot of tough matches, a lot of physical matches. You're a physical type of wrestler. But would you say this is potentially your your biggest and maybe toughest match that you're that you've had so far in your in your young career? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I've I've wrestled, you know, really big guys over oh, yeah. over my short career so far. Guys like Country Big, guys like Jim Diehard, Yeston Rees, really recently the Kings of the North. You know, I've no stranger to physical matches. But it's not just about the physical, you know, it's about the occasion against Chris. It's for the championship. It's in Exmouth, which is really close to my hometown. And it's, and it's a match that's been built up a really long time, not just by me, but by a lot of people I know, something that's really highly anticipated. So it's about not letting the moment get to you as well as, you know, being physically ready for the match as well. So it's, it's definitely the biggest match of my career so far. Yeah. And a final question for me regarding the 20th of May and, and working towards or looking ahead towards uh, Bronson, the champion, of course, um, what, I'm hoping he isn't underestimating you, but what do you think the difference is going to be between winning and losing that match and potentially winning, but uh, being the new SWW champion? What do you think is going to be the, the key differences for yourself? That's a really good question. I think it's all, it's just about determination, you know, dogged determination. I have wanted to wrestle Chris for a really long time. I've wanted to win the SWW heavyweight championship for a really long time since I first wrestle for SWW. So it's all about the mindset. You know, I'm going in fully prepared for the match and really, really, really wanting to beat Chris, show everybody that I'm on the same level as him and as all the other guys on that level and walking away with the championship. I think I've got the determination to do that. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you could be looking on the right-hand side of your screen at the brand-new Southwest Wrestling Heavyweight Champion win, all said and done from the Exmouth Pavilion on the 20th of May. But uh, we also had a chance to uh, talk in the uh, uh, in Tewkesbury, uh, the wonderful venue there, backstage, um, after you'd won your triple threat match. And just to prove, like I say, I, I do kind of have high standards when it comes to interviews, but just to prove that it doesn't always go plain sailing and uh, these interviews don't always go as well as we would hope. Just just have a little watch of this. Oh, no. Talk to the camera Either way. I just get you to take a little step in and yeah. whenever you're ready, mate. Cool. John is backstage here at Southwest Wrestling. I'm joined by Farmstrong, Toby Valentine. How are you doing, sir? Very well, thank you, Jonas. Happy to be here. Absolutely. We're looking forward to uh, a very exciting show here at the uh, George Watson Memorial Hall. Uh, packed crowd today and uh, you're going to be in a triple threat today. So what do you know about your opponents and what can we expect from you? Well, it's a big test for me today. Jonas, you know, it's going to be me against... Oh, that was, that was real that, bad. That was great. <laughs> that was... 
And if, if you didn't quite catch the uh, background uh, noise there, that was where I, I don't know, a local pub or something was emptying their bottles into the bottle bin mid interview. So uh, I, I put that oh, yeah. one into my little uh, bloopers folder, uh, but it's always fun to look back at. But uh, we would say we had a lot of uh, a lot of fun doing that interview, didn't we? And uh, it's like a lot of fun. And I was a lot more tan there <laughs> than I am now, which is really upsetting me. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Now, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about your, your gimmick and the, the, the Farm Strong moniker nickname, uh, because, um, it, you know, you've obviously heard of uh, Super Strong Style and uh, Strong Style Wrestling and uh, various things with Strong in it. That seems to be a popular nickname or for, for promotions or for wrestlers. But Farm Strong, I've not heard before until coming across yourself, of course. Now, tell us a little bit about where the nickname originated from what it means to you what it stands for as far as toby valentine sure well the 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 nickname itself farm strong is it's kind of a it's kind of a dig a little bit about uh guys who maybe grew up farming or you know in the countryside and whatever who are really strong but don't look like it if you see what i mean sure. so i grew up with a lot of guys played rugby with a lot of guys who were farmers who Grew up in the grew up in the in the sticks, and they're you know they're real strong guys. You know they'll you know take you down and handle themselves well in a fight and lift some heavy weight, but they look like you know your average guy on the street. So if you were farm strong, that meant you were yeah you were you were strong, but you really didn't look like it. You just you know looked like somebody's dad or something. But uh, the the moniker farm strong when it when it translates to me and translates to my wrestling. Um, it's just sort of me paying a bit of respect to the guys I grew up with and the people who raised me, who, you know, people who farm for their livelihoods and, and, you know, that's all they know. They're, they're real tough people, real, you know, strong willed people. And they deal with a lot of adversity and they have to deal with a lot of struggle and a lot of, you know, a lot of hard times. It's not a dusty roads joke, I swear, but they, uh, you know, they, They've got a real, a lot of mental fortitude, all of them. So farm strong for me just means that you are able to put up with a lot of, you know, a lot of adversity and keep going, you know, whatever obstacles are thrown in your way, you, you overcome it and you keep going. Being farm strong isn't about the physical, it's more about the mental to me. That's, that's how I see it. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, another famous wrestler who grew up and worked on a farm and probably still has his own uh, farm on, on a huge plot of land, I'm sure, but to uh, Brock Lesnar. And uh, he could be described as a uh, farm strong. And that's kind of where he got his physique from, from, you know, working on the farm uh, from a very young age. Um, but uh don't know if you knew that. A little bit of random facts. I'm good for random facts. Oh, yeah. Dairy farm in Minnesota. That's That's hard work. Real oh, hard yeah. work. Absolutely. And he's up there in uh, um, Saskatoon now, Canada, uh, with his huge plot of land that I'm sure uh, looks like a, a little bit of a farm there as well. But uh, I've got this picture up, not to embarrass you, but uh, like I say, does this kind of uh, demonstrate a little bit of your kind of farming heritage? A little bit of oh, a cowboy yeah. look there, if anything. A little bit of a cowboy look. If, if, if Oh, that's else. not embarrassing at all. Look at that handsome <laughs> devil there. Uh, beautiful, beautiful. Not, not Maybe not so much the farm element, more my, my love of the Western, but... Um, yeah, that was at my cousin's wedding that was on a farm, on the farm I grew up on, actually. Uh, but like, yeah, that's that's what I like to call uh, what I like to call farm strong formal, I think is what I'll call it. Farm that. strong formal. You're very handsome indeed. Very handsome. Oh, thank indeed. you, sir. Now, um, we, we spoke about Tewkesbury uh, and the build up to Exmouth, uh, May 20th, but the last time we saw each other, 
uh, believe it or not, it was only two days ago um, in Salisbury. Uh, we were both at uh, Joel Redmond's All-Star Wrestling South Training School. Um, and what a wonderful day it was. And it was my first kind of exposure to an actual training school. And uh, uh, I think from, well, I was there from eight, but from nine o'clock through till one one thirty, there was about 30 trainees that turned up from the south and the southwest and maybe further afield um, for this wonderful open day that Joel had uh, along with trainers. Uh, Niwa wasn't there but uh, Bullet was and uh, Eddie Ryan and L.A. Taylor were there as guest coaches for the day. I got to see yourself and uh, I, I was just blown away by kind of the the, the drills and the uh, rigorous exercises that they put you through and uh, like I say, as well as the grappling and uh, the wrestling um, and there was a whole range of abilities there from novices through to experienced pros. Um, but uh, give us your kind of insight into Saturday because I went away from that very, very motivated. I thought it was a very positive day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was a really positive day. Um, so I, I went uh, on Saturday to Joel's, uh, to ASW South, uh, with Eddie Ryan. Like you said, one of the guest coaches. Eddie is yeah. my original wrestling coach. He's the, the person who, you know, has sort of, well, yeah, he has sort of made me the wrestler I am, I like to think. And uh, along with a good three car loads, we came up from the southwest, from Plymouth to Joel's. And uh, it was, yeah, fantastic experience. I've been to Joel's sessions, uh, Joel's training at ASW South a couple of times before that. Uh, one time for a Johnny Kidd seminar and one time just for regular training before that. But that was when Joel was still coaching out of a attic in a gym in Salisbury with no ventilation and a low ceiling. And it was real hard graft. But now, of course, he's got the, the training unit with a ring and a matted area and all this space, which is really wonderful. If you ever for anyone who experienced the attic before, it's far cry from that. Um, but if anyone knows Joel, he is an incredibly hard taskmaster. You know, he is considered by most people as one of the best wrestlers in Europe or the, you know, the world. I know I watched, uh, I listened to Bullet, Bullet's interview that he, uh, not Bullet, sorry. I listened to Niwa's interview that you had with him a couple of days ago where he, he said he considers Joel one of the best in the world. And I think a lot of people would agree with him there. Yeah. So he expects a high standard. Bullet said the same. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't, I don't doubt that at all. Uh, Bullet, I know, you know, um, credits Joel for a lot of his success. Um, but, you know, so when you go and get trained by Joel, he expects a lot from you. Uh, and he, you know, he will tell you that and he'll, and, you know, he will show you that. Um, but it's, it's all for your betterment. And it's always a really positive learning experience. You come away from a training session with Joel knowing 10 times what you knew when you walked in there. So having all the guys that were there, like you said, beginners all the way up to advanced, you know, Joel's got his crop of, yeah, there they are there. There's Jordan Sparks showing off his traps right in the front uh, <laughs> next to Nathan Angel, one of the best tans I've ever seen on a blonde <laughs> man. But uh, Joel's got his crop of guys, Nathan being one of them. Uh, there's a few guys in there, Ollie Blake, uh, Brandon Lee, Scott Jones. Ripper Reed, who's now in Japan, representing mm. the SW South. You know, Joel's got these guys and, you know, they're some of the best young talents in the UK. They're fantastic. They've been trained the right way. They've trained really hard. They've got fantastic cardio, fantastic wrestling. You know, you can't knock anything that they've learned at ASW South. I think it's such a fantastic place to train. Some of the best coaches 
Joel especially, but there's, you know, Niwar and Bullet there, two of the best heavyweights in wrestling. Yeah. You know, not a lot more you could ask for really out of ASW South. Absolutely. Get down there or at least check out uh, All Star Wrestling South's uh, social pages. Get in touch if you're uh, a newbie, uh, a novice, want to get involved. Then uh, the doors are open. They do have uh, beginners classes uh, through to advanced um, and intermediate. But to get yourself down there if you're in the southwest or anywhere near the Salisbury area, um, like I say, you will not regret it. But another group that you're heavily involved with, and we spoke a bit about this before we went live, and that's uh, New Wave Wrestling, New Wave Academy in South Wales. Um, and uh, a, a, another fantastic crop there. I think there's uh, James Mason in the ring there who must have just given a seminar next to uh, the main right. man, Brendan White, and uh, yeah. I think you're in that picture, just sat on the ring apron. just Oh, uh, right, front, dead centre middle, can't in, miss me. In the centre, in the centre, but uh, Jordan Sparks and a few others are in there that I recognise. Oh, yeah, he always uh, finds his way to the front of the picture, which is Jordan, <laughs> he's very good at that. Has got his traps out this time, but uh, maybe next time. But uh, there's a few other familiar faces there. And I'd say that, that's where you're... Uh, more familiar with and a more regular visitor to, um, I understand. And like I say, it's in South Wales, so still maybe a little bit of a, a journey for you. But like I said, we speak about All Star Wrestling South and Joel Redman, and then kind of looking at coaches on the same level, uh, Brendan White, and what a, a fantastic team and facilities they have there with uh, Nico Angelo and Wild Boar and Danny Luna. Um, but uh, it, it must be kind of a, a bit of a blessing to go there and to learn from that crop of fantastic coaches once again with another fantastic crop of talent uh, and trainees. Absolutely, yeah. Um, just got done praising ASW South to the hill, and I'm going to do the exact same thing with New Wave. Um, so, yeah, like you said, it's a bit of a drive. We come from Plymouth, so it's about two and a half hours to train in that we have to go to New Wave, but we do it every week. Um, at least a carload of us, um, usually more than that, because it's such a fantastic place to train. Uh, like you mentioned, they've got Wild Boar there coaching, Brendan White, Nico Angelo, Danny Jones, Danny Luna. I hope I'm not missing anyone. But they just some of the best coaches that you can ask for. Wild Boar has had all that experience on NXT UK and you know he's really great about sharing his experiences there as well as just his wrestling career in general. Um, They've got, you know, a really top-notch facility there with the ring up all the time and a lot of, you know, a lot of space there to do drills and things. And it's just a really fun atmosphere. You know, sometimes you can go to some training schools and maybe it's not always fun. You know, sometimes it, you know, can feel more challenging than anything else. But at New Wave, it's always fun, you know, and the work's still hard. Boar, uh, while Boar still expects a lot from you, you know, to, to try your best and really put some effort in all the time because the training sessions are, you know, only two hours. So it's not like it's all, all day long. So you, you know, put in a shift while you're there, but you know, I can't say enough good things about how well they treat their trainees there. You know, everyone has access to free ring time outside of training so that they get more practice time. You know, all the, the coaches are really attentive to all the trainees. So, you know, everybody's needs are met beginners up to advanced and, you know, it just speaks volumes that they get so many great seminars there. That was that picture of James Mason, who was there quite recently. Um, yeah, as well as uh, they've had Doug Williams before and and Shaw Samuels recently. So they get, you know, some really fantastic names in to share their knowledge. And, you know, Brendan, he, he's really, really fantastic about just wanting everyone to get better. It's not about money. It's not about, well, it, of course it's about money but it's not all about money it's yeah. it's more about 
wanting to see everyone succeed. He always says he wants people to get on, you know, the highest level they can and get out there and get wrestling and get their names known. So you can't really ask for more than that from your trainers. Absolutely. And I've, I've had several guests this year alone uh, that uh, from the South Wales area or near to that are all involved with the New Wave Academy there from Aluna Blue, uh, The Brill, uh, James Ellis, I've had on the show Shane Hooker, Bowler Armour, Harrison Bennett, and of course the main man, uh, Brendan White. Um, mm. But uh, you've had a couple of uh, outings for New Wave Wrestling since they've started up shows. I think they've done five, maybe six, possibly just five shows at the moment. But uh, you were involved in their Rumble um, at the back end of January um, earlier on this year that crowned their first New Wave Wrestling champion. Of course, uh, that was the Brill, the brilliance, uh, good as gold, James Ellis, that won that battle rule to become their first uh, champion. But you were part of that battle rule. I think it was uh, 29 others, so 30 in total. Uh, what was that experience like? Because that would have been your first uh, proper uh, outing for New Wave in front of fans and possibly only their third show. But uh, any memories from that battle rule? Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. So, you know, New Wave, being based in Wales, is not uh, an area of the UK that I've, I've previously that I'd been to very often, especially not for wrestling. So I didn't know a lot of the guys. I didn't, you know, I, we, I went there with a, with a couple of guys from Plymouth who I knew. Um, but getting to know a lot of the guys in the locker room there was a fantastic experience. Like you said, uh, mentioned a few names there, like James Ellis and Shane Hooker. Shane, who's fantastic and... And the Brill, who obviously, you know, went on to win their championship and has got one of the brightest futures, I think, in wrestling. He's he's really fantastic. As much as he is a loud mouth who, you know, oh, yeah. needs to needs to be taken down a few pegs sometimes. He's also a very fantastic wrestler. Um, but again, you know, to, to Brendan's credit, you know, everyone in that locker room was made to feel really welcome uh, at New Wave. They, you know, took care of the, the talent there with, you know, drinks and food and all sorts in the back. And the Battle Royal itself, you know, I wasn't very successful in it, but I did manage to get my hands on James Ellis uh, when I first went out there. So I count that as a big personal victory for me. Um, but, yeah, it was just fantastic to be able to be out there in front of a new that new wave crowd, you know, in the St. Andrew's Church. It's a really fantastic venue. Uh, it's, you know, and they've got such a dedicated fan base there that really sort of, they're really invested in the guys there. You know, Nico Angelo is just revered by their fans. You know, they absolutely love their homegrown guys and they, they really respect, you know, the wrestling that they see and the, the guys that they see. So it was great being able to be in there. I wish I'd been able to stay in there longer and do better, but uh, Nico Angelo had other plans and dumped me out, so... Bit of a shame there. There we go. Never mind. But uh, I mean, one thing I do want to talk to you about regarding New Wave Wrestling is that uh, they've officially launched their tag team division. And I don't know if tag team titles are around the corner. I'm sure we'll get an announcement about that soon. Uh, but you were involved in a match uh, not too far around the corner. It was uh, this one here. It's the Iron Hearts. Um, uh, the tape earlier last month, the 14th of April. And uh, there's yourself. And Jordan Sparks, the blockbusters, of course. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, you guys had a, a tremendous match, um, but you you kicked off uh, with a with a win um, to kind of officially launch the uh, New Wave Wrestling Tag Team Division. Um, but uh, I'd say exciting times. And I also want to talk to you about the finisher. Now, I'm not sure what you call this. I'm pretty sure that's yourself and Jordan and uh, oh, one, mem one member of your opposing tag team there. It looks like uh, some kind of electric chair into a blockbuster double team maneuver 
there. I'm sure you can, can pronounce uh, or uh, kind of say it a little bit more eloquently or maybe give it a name. But uh, thinking back to that, you did get a win. So congratulations. And like oh, I say, now you. they've formally announced their tag team division. Pretty exciting times, especially kicking it off with a win for yourself and Jordan. Absolutely. Yeah. They, um, they you know, uh, New Wave really wants to put a, a big emphasis on tag team wrestling, which is fantastic. You know, there's a great crop of tag teams in the UK. I'm wearing one of their T-shirts right now, the Smoking Aces. But, um, you know, they really want to put an emphasis on tag teams and new tag teams as well. So, you know, me and Jordan, we haven't been tagging for very long. We're, we're, we're a pretty new tag team. Uh, and the Iron Hearts, you know, they're... They're not new to wrestling, but they're, you know, they haven't, you know, had a lot of runouts as a team. So they're getting their opportunities. And there's a few other teams that are getting their opportunities as well. So we were given the chance to go out on the, the latest New Wave show in the, you know, and sort of showcase the New Wave Wrestling Tag Team Division, which, you know, was a big honor for us and a big opportunity to show people what we're about. And uh, yeah, like you say, a winning out in for me and Jordan. Uh, we went out, we, uh, the Iron Hearts with, we call it the box office sensation, which is the electric chair blockbuster. And I can tell you that I'm so happy to be the one on the bottom there doing the electric <laughs> chair. Jordan is definitely the high flyer out of the two of us. And, you know, he's got that responsibility. So good for him. But we, yeah, we were real, really, really proud and really happy to, to pick up a win at New Wave. And, and, you know, just to be given the opportunity to be in that position was, was, fantastic for us absolutely and the two of you clearly have chemistry and i know going back uh through your your matches you have a bit of a long history with, with jordan sparks and uh, mostly as an opponent on the opposite side of the ring uh for ldn and one or two other companies and of course you've come together as a tag team possibly only as recent as maybe october or november last year uh we've had a, a few matches so but but even Knowing him as a, an opponent, I know you're probably good friends outside of the ring, but this chemistry has definitely formed between the two of you. Obviously, now, uh, I'd say kickstarting a very bright future as a tag team, certainly in New Wave. Yeah, I like to think so. Yeah, me and Jordan um, obviously have known each other since I started training. Um, he, you know, he's, you know, he's a fantastic wrestler, and everybody should know. Uh, how good he is and should seek him out because he's fantastic. He's, you know, again, I talk about Chris Bronson and James Ellis being some of the best up and comers in the country. I'll put Jordan in that conversation any day of the week. Um, but like you said, we're, we're more used to being opponents. Mm. We have fought each other. I don't even know how many times, definitely over 35, 40 times. Really? I think wow. we, we're, we're really used to each other. So becoming a team, you know, it was, uh, it was, an interesting decision at first, but I think it's definitely something that's going to pay off because we know each other really well. Our styles as wrestlers mix really well. We are both uh, really heavily inspired by the same kind of wrestling, the sort of 70s and 80s territory American style wrestling where the world class is in the Mid-South. Um, so, you know, we just gel really well together as a team and We've had some great matches already so far. Not too many, but already some great ones. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to where we can go as a team. I'm hoping there's definitely going to be some gold in the future. 
Well, it's already very impressive. I mean, just got a look at that finisher that you two have put together and uh, already uh, racking up one or two wins. But uh, very excited to see where the future of the blockbusters uh, head. But uh, um, before we talk about any more future matches, I just want to kind of bring up some photos. Look at these guys here. Look at those um, guns. Look at look at that. And the traps on Jordan Sparks. Ridiculous. Unbelievable, unbelievable. You know that's his best feature. He never stops talking about his traps. <laughs> I, I'm going to be getting him on the show in a couple of months' time, so I'm sure Good. that'll be a to topic of conversation. But oh, he'll talk about his own traps for a long time, so try <laughs> maybe try not to keep him on that subject too long. I'll start the podcast early, I think. I'll start about 7 instead of 8 o'clock. Good plan, good uh, plan. Before you two with the blockbusters, am I right in thinking that you did maybe one or two matches um, under a different tag team name? Does the, the pretty sexy Playboys ring any bells? Oh, the pretty sexy Playboys rings a big bell. Now, I yeah. know you two are a couple of good-looking gents, but uh, what inspired that name? <laughs> um, well, uh Honestly, me and Jordan have done a lot of uh, wrestling on the, the camp show, holiday camp show circuit, um, and, you know, uh, experimenting with different stuff on the camp shows and, and uh, trying out different, different styles of wrestling and different techniques. And something that kind of stuck with, with the nicknames between the two of us was Jordan Sparks, pretty sexy Jordan Sparks. And the, the playboy, Toby Valentine, heavily inspired by the fabulous Freebirds. Um, again, we'll you know, keep harkening back to, to 80s territory wrestling whenever we can. But And then it sort of kind of meshed together. And we did a few tag team matches on the holiday camps as the pretty sexy playboys. And it sort of bled out into the real world. And yeah, we, we not many outings as the pretty sexy playboys. And mostly in Ireland as well. Um, but yeah, it, it, it pops up. Every now and again. And it has a certain ring to it, but uh, maybe, oh. you know, when, when, when the blockbuster gimmick kind of dies off a little bit, you can go back to the pretty sexy play. At least you've got something to fall back on then. But uh, I'm going to bring up a few more pictures. And uh, I mean, when I saw this on your socials, I thought, I've got to speak to Toby Valentine about this match here. Um, you told me off air that this happened maybe a week or two weeks ago against arguably one of the best tag teams in the UK, in Europe, further afield, some might say, uh, Bonesaw and Corvin, the Kings of the North, uh, multiple tag team champions up and down the UK, TNT Extreme certainly springs to mind, ICW, um, but uh, yourself there um, and, and Jordan, um, that must have been a bit of a mix of emotions. On one hand, you must have been thrilled to have been paired up against them or to, to be put on the poster and in the ring with them, but maybe slightly uh, apprehensive at the same time. I certainly would be anyway. Yeah, you'd definitely be right about that, Johners. Uh, <laughs> when when that match got announced, it was very exciting. You know, the Kings of the North, like you said, they're, they are definitely one of the best tag teams, certainly in the UK, probably further afield. You know, they're both big guys. They're heavy hitters. They're experienced veterans. And, you know, they're the Kings of the North name is, you know, known by pretty much everybody. So it, it was very exciting knowing we were going to get this opportunity. But at the same time, it was quite terrifying knowing that they're, you know, again, two of the biggest heavy hitting veterans that there is in tag team wrestling. So we went into that match fully knowing and fully expecting that we were going to get into a pretty hard hitting and, and you know, drag out fight. But we prepared ourselves for it. And, you know, I think we gave a good account of ourselves. 
Oh, 100%, 100%. And uh, another tag team, another match that you had, and I think this was a little bit longer ago, a little bit further down the line, maybe back end of last year, and I'm sure the date will pop up on the screen. In fact, very recent, uh, only April, so just over a month ago. Um, and it was yourself and Jordan once again, uh, the Blockbusters against the Entitled. Um, and of course, this is for PEW. I think we're going to be talking about PEW again before the end of this uh, broadcast. But uh, uh, Brady Phillips, Riley Nova. Brady Phillips, uh, arguably one of the best pros in the UK and has been for many, many years um, and deserves to be on many more people's radars and on many people's more uh, more card. And Riley Nova, one of the best up-and-comers in the UK. Uh, that must have been, uh, once again, another hard-hitting match between two big, hard-hitting and somewhat you know speedy guys Brady Phillips is a master of pretty much all techniques. Uh, but what was that like? Yeah, again, really fantastic opportunity for us. Uh, I'd wrestled at Phenomenal Elite Wrestling beforehand, uh, but Jordan hadn't. So it was his first time there. And yeah. getting to go straight into a match against their tag team champions, big opportunity, big chance for us. And like you said, it was another, you know, a real, real hard hitting match, really athletic. You know, Brady Phillips maybe one of the best athletes that I've ever got into a ring with. You know, he's a really big guy. He's tall and, you know, really well built, but he just, he moves like a cruiserweight. You know, he, he is a really fantastic, fantastic athlete. So, and Riley Nova's no slouch either. You know, he's, he's really quick, really smooth. So it was a, you know, it was a really great match that we were able to have uh, with the entitled. Again, a losing effort. That seems to be a bit of a, uh, a bit of a running theme for us. But, um, you know, it was still a great opportunity. And I think uh, we endeared ourselves to the PW fans. So hopefully we'll be back again, maybe to try for the belts again at some point down the line. Absolutely. And uh, I had uh, Rob Drake on the podcast last year. He described uh, Brady Phillips as a, as a freak. Uh, because he can just uh, pluck anybody out the hair, out the air, and uh, do pretty much anything he wants to do in that ring. He really is uh, an unsung hero of the British wrestling scene. And I, I showed you this picture before we went live. Oh uh, yeah, Toby. And uh, there's yourself and Jordan, uh, a double leapfrog over Brady Phillips there. Um, but uh, th that's something you don't see every day. And from two big guys such as yourself and Jordan, uh, that, that 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 looks pretty fun, interesting. You, you did tell me off air that it very nearly didn't happen the way it looked like it happened in the in the photo there. Sailing me down the river there, Jonas. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I give a big shout out to Wrestleography, the photographer who took that picture because he mm. did us a great service because I did nearly fall and land square on my ass after uh, coming down from that leapfrog. Uh, but no, me and Jordan, you know, we like to, we like to innovate as much as we can and, and pull some stuff out of the bag that maybe people haven't seen before. And the double leapfrog is, you know, within our, within our skill set. We're, you know, we're pretty athletic lads as well. So, you know, we like to, we like to pull out stuff like that every now and again. Absolutely. I, I want to take a deep dive into more of your highlights uh, from the last year or two very, very soon. But I want to talk a little bit about your wrestling fandom now. And uh, so obviously still a, a young uh, gent in the business, been in the business for a couple of years now. We'll talk about the training and everything very, very soon. But when did you first become a wrestling fan? Kind of when did it first kind of uh, kind of take you by storm, so to speak, and uh, pull you into what was happening on your television screen? Well, the story I always got told was that I was flicking through the channels one day uh, at four years old and just, you know, like you do with the remote when you were younger, just flick, 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 going through whatever. And the story goes that 
the channel flipped to wrestling to the WWE and I just stopped dead in my tracks and was just fixated on it. And, uh, it pretty much had been that way for my entire life from that point. I've been a wrestling fan since as long as I can remember. Um, and it, you know, it, it's always stayed with me. I've never really taken a break from it or gone away from it. I've been a fan for, for so, so long. When I was really young, I was going to be a wrestler. That was always the that was always the plan for you know eight year old me or whatever. But you know you get older and go away from that. But thankfully, I did revisit. But yeah, it was just yeah. I don't nothing specific jumps out at me as that was what caught my eye. I just know that one day I happened across it, and that was it. I was fixated ever since. Absolutely. I think uh, we've all got a similar story to that, to be honest with you. It's just uh, one of them things, as soon as it comes onto your TV screen, it just pulls you in and you're captivated from that moment onwards. But uh, speaking of you know being captivated, who were some of the, the large of the life characters uh, that, that kind of captivated you and pulled you in as a fan? Yeah, when I very, very first started um, watching wrestling, it was, uh, I remember it was Shawn Michaels that was a big, that was a big draw for me, something about Shawn Michaels just being such a great performer like he was, you know, the, the the drama that you always got from his matches was something that pulled me in. And then sort of later on down the line, the more in-depth I got into my into my love of wrestling, I, you know, would go back and watch uh, older stuff and got my hands on DVDs, VHSs, magazines, all kinds of all kinds of stuff and was really transfixed by the older generations of pro wrestling, especially from America. Um, I, I'm a terrible British wrestler because my British wrestling history fandom isn't fantastic, but my American is very good. So I was, I was hugely, hugely influenced by the Von Erich family. Uh, when I was growing up, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of Kerry Von Erich specifically and Kevin Von Erich and the whole family, but you know, their story and the, the, the kind of guys that they were, the, sort of all-American blue chipper good guys. That resonated with me when I was younger. I think you either go one way or the other. When you're younger, you either want to be the the superhero or you want to be the bad guy and get to do the bad stuff. I was always on the hero side. So the Von Erichs really stood out for me as these sort of like all-encompassing good guys who always fought the bad and always came out on top in the end. And that really stuck with me. And I, I'd like to think that that comes across uh, in my wrestling now is my my love for the Bon Erics. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, speaking about good guy and bad guy, and I, I think I've only ever known you as as a baby face, um, as a good guy. Um, I'm a good guy. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think with that, you obviously get the love from the crowd, you get the, the love and the adoration from the, from the audience. Um, and that, that's important, isn't it? For a character like yourself, you are a very popular character, but to have the fan support could give you that extra five, ten percent when you need it, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know one of the one of the biggest selling points for professional wrestling for me is that is the the energy that you get from a wrestling crowd is you know there's not a lot of other stuff like it. You know, I I've never played music or you know been a singer or stand up or anything. I'm sure it's very similar, but something very specific about wrestling fans and wrestling crowds and how invested they get into into their favorite wrestlers and the wrestlers that they, they hate the most and they want to see lose. There's just something about that energy that's really special and really specific to wrestling that, you know, I, I think is just amazing. It's such an 
it, a surreal experience that's hard to explain to people who don't know anything about wrestling. They might think it's a bit, you know, a bit strange or, you know, a bit ridiculous. But until you experience, you know, something like uh, when I were, went as a fan to NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff and watched uh, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster win the NXT UK Tag Team titles in person, that kind of experience, that kind of reaction from a crowd, there's nothing else like it that I've ever experienced. And it's a high that you don't really get over, I don't think. Yeah, absolutely. And I was there as well in person and what an electric. What a great um, show. That was such a good show. In the main event. But uh, out of all the shows available, that's one of the shows I go back to every so often. But uh, we've had a few people that are watching us live and a few people that have reached out. And a certain Ollie Blake has uh, reached out. Uh, hi, Ollie. Uh, great wrestler, great attitude to the sports, uh, to the sports. Looking forward to a singles match down the line. So that is that would uh, be a good match. Uh, certainly, Ollie Blake versus Toby Valentine. Uh, what do you say? to that one a little bit of challenge thrown out there toby oh toby are you there oh okay i think i think you froze a little bit there we've got you back uh, there we go so uh ollie blake uh looks like you sent out a message uh, great wrestler great attitude to the sports looking forward to a singles match down the line so uh, uh any thoughts on that uh ollie blake obviously a tremendous talent and he was in salisbury over the weekend uh with us too and with joel uh, had a little bit of a chat with him afterwards, but uh, except the two of you on the same card in the, in the same uh, match, uh, that would be pretty tasty for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, like you say, Ollie Blake is a fantastic talent. The Lightning Kid, mm. uh, one of Joel Redmond's standout trainees at ASW South. Yeah, he's a fantastic guy. He's a great athlete, a great, you know, uh, he's in fantastic shape. He's a great technical wrestler, a great high flyer, all around great guy. I'd love to have a match with him one of these days. It'd be, yeah, really fun, really fun. I can see that pair and I can see that happening for sure. That'll be really good fun. Um, I'll make sure that I'm there when it does happen. But uh, I mean, speaking of your fandom and kind of transitioning from being a fan to wanting to become a pro wrestler, um, how did you make that that transition? How did you make that first important step to wanting to become a pro wrestler? And, and tell us kind of how that happened and when that happened. Yeah, so... Um... I've been a wrestling fan for so long. And like I said, when I was younger, I wanted to do it, grew out of it, just carried on doing what I was doing. And it wasn't until I, it was around my, I think it was my 21st birthday, I want to say, that I sort of sort of made up my mind and made this decision in my head that I had to try it. Because if I didn't try it, I'd regret it forever. You know, it's something that's always been in my mind, something I've always wanted to do. I had to try it because otherwise, you know, I think about it forever. So I contacted a training school uh, in Exeter and I just showed up one day, one September, uh, one September morning and there was no one there. Uh, the coaches weren't there. The ring was not there. Nothing was there. Um, there were just a handful of trainees there who had shown up and uh, that just found out like I did that there was, there was no training really to speak of that day. But, whatever happened, a key was given to one of the trainees who opened up and we didn't really do anything. I think we, we locked up a few times and we did something and we might've practiced promos. I don't really remember the days really well in my mind, but I just remember even from that small, really small, really sort of nothing experience that I was hooked straight away, which you always are. I think everybody says that everybody who has one training session is like, well, that was it. And I got the bug and that's, that's, that's it. I'm here now. So I went to that one training session, 
caught the bug, kept going for a few weeks, and then I completely destroyed my right shoulder um, uh, in the gym, not at wrestling. Uh, so I couldn't then uh, wrestle any uh, train anymore. And that was right at the end of 2019. Going into 2020, and my shoulder was starting to heal up sort of uh, February, March time. And then the world ended. So uh, there was no training. There was no nothing. I was sitting at home, just sort of twiddling my thumbs and had fully recovered from my injury. And I was like, oh, you know, it's really disappointing. There's not going to be any wrestling anymore because I was starting to get into it. And then I just spoke to one of the trainees that I'd met from my first experience. And they said, oh, there's a company doing wrestling training in Plymouth. And they're going to do it during the sort of break between the lockdowns that there were in the summer of 2020. Um, So I got myself down there in the summer of 2020 and just started up training again. And it was, you know, in between lockdowns. So there was training and then there wasn't. And then there was again. And it was very stop start. But uh, it wasn't until I met Eddie Ryan down in Plymouth that I really, and, you know, COVID ended properly, mm. or not ended, but the pandemic uh, lockdowns ended, yeah. and we were able to train properly. And it was only then when I met Eddie Ryan that I was able to start training properly, really, really take it seriously. I was driving down to Plymouth from from my hometown in Holsby three, four times a week, uh, an hour and a half there and an hour and a half back every day after work. And I was going down there as often as I could to be trained by Eddie, um, to put in as much work as I could. And yeah, it just, it just went from there. And I, you know, haven't looked back since it's been the best experience of my life. So, so quite unique circumstances under which you were, were carrying out your training a little bit before pandemic. And then obviously you got injured, uh, continued your training with, with Eddie, of course, and then straight out of lockdown, I think uh, early August, 2021, when uh, the rest of the UK wrestling business kind of reopened its doors again to fans um, you made your debut. I mean, did you feel, obviously, you know, there was a lot of expectation on the UK wrestling business having reopened its doors and a lot of uh, apprehension, a lot of interest as to what was going to happen. And there were you making your debut. Did you feel uh, confident? Did you feel ready um, before you stepped through the curtain that first time? Oh, not at all. No, no, terrible. I uh, the, the very first match that I had was a singles match in Evesham, which is about three hours away from Plymouth. Wow. So it was an incredibly long drive. Uh, and I was the first match on the card against a guy who I had trained with, a guy who now wrestles under the name Bestie Jones. Um, we were on first in the card. I was severely out of shape and um, not very good, really. Uh, I lost the match. There were maybe 20 to 25 people in the crowd. And at that point in 2021, we were still practicing a bit of social distancing. So everyone in the crowd individually was spaced out two meters apart. Yeah. So no one cheered or clapped or booed. We more or less wrestled in silence in front of 20 people. Uh, and I came back through the curtain, collapsed onto the floor, panting for my life. And I was thinking to myself, I need to do that again at the first opportunity that comes up. It was fantastic. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm sure it didn't knock your confidence, to, despite how exhausted you were after the match. Um, but uh, did it give you a lot of insight, just that one single match, into into what you had to do differently or how you had to switch things up for match two, three, four, and five and uh, kind of progress and get better from there? 
Definitely. Yeah, it's it's not until that you step into a ring and have a match that you realize just exactly what the conditioning required is. You know, I, I've grown up playing sport my whole life. I was a rugby player for a long time and played to a pretty high standard and thought of myself as being pretty fit and being in the gym and stuff. But that very first match really humbled me as to how difficult it is being a wrestler and how how much work you have to put in to be properly conditioned because you know, it, there's nothing else like it. There's nothing else that knackers you out as much as wrestling does. So the biggest thing for me coming back from that match was I need to get in better shape, do this more and not collapse every time that I come back through the curtain, especially not when you're on shows with people like Joel Redmond and Niwa who will look at you with disgust because <laughs> they are some of the most well-conditioned athletes that I've ever met in my life. Oh, absolutely. And I'm, I'm intrigued to know, when did you start using or demonstrating the, the Farmstrong uh, gimmick or persona? I'm guessing when you, I mean, was it from match one? I'm, I'm assuming not, but how soon did you start developing a bit of a character and when did Farmstrong first come into fruition? I think that I, I can't actually remember if I was using the Farmstrong nickname immediately. I think I was, or oh, wow. if not from the first match, then, then from pretty, pretty early on. Um, I've never really considered myself as a character or a gimmick. I'm just sort of me. Um, I'm yeah. a very, so I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just a guy who grew up on a farm in the middle of Devon and, you know, I try really hard in the ring. That's kind of, that's all it is. You know, there's no real character to go along with it. But over time, I think I've, I've developed my own style of wrestling, the, the way that I carry myself, the way I do things. Uh, you know, Eddie Ryan is a big advocate of saying that you need to be a wrestler all the time. There, you know, you can't just show up on a show and decide then that you're going to play a wrestler for the day. You know, if you want to be a wrestler, you have to be a wrestler all the time. Yeah. So that's sort of the way I approach things. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm always carrying myself as Armstrong Toby Valentine. It doesn't switch on and off. It's just, it's just who I am. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure you've had many light bulb moments uh, during the last couple of years, um, especially the more matches you have, uh, the more light bulb moments you get. But when do you feel things really started to click for you in terms of, understanding the business, understanding, uh, you know, the work that's required in the ring. When do you think that things really started to click and make sense for you in the ring? That's a good question, because I think that's something that I have asked myself really recently, because over the last sort of, it's only the last few months, really, that I've I've sort of caught myself thinking, oh, I'm, I'm, much more confident than I used to be. I feel much more at home in the ring and I, I feel like I'm, I'm doing a lot better than I was. And I, I got to attribute a lot of that to training at new wave um, and sort of the confidence that that's given me being around just really positive people who are really invested in your progression, having people like Brendan around who, you know, will, you know, he'll tell you straight if you're not doing something well or if you need to, you know, do this or do that better. But he's also fantastic at, you know, building your confidence and telling you that, you know, it's all right to think that you're doing well because you are. You know, you, you need to you need to be confident in yourself every now and again. And I think it's only since being at New Wave in the last few months that I've really been going out to each and every one of my matches with a lot more confidence than I had before. 
Oh, incredible, incredible. And I'm sure that confidence will, will only build um, the more experience you have and uh, with every match. But uh, you're just interested in that kind of progression, certainly, you know, through your early days and all them light bulb moments that uh, you hear about. And uh, this brings us to a listener question, a fan question that came through before we went live. And it's from a good friend of the show, Richie, via Facebook. Uh, how would you describe your wrestling style? So I know you've touched on it regarding being a big fan of uh, kind of the, the 70s and the 80s American wrestling, the Von Erics um, and uh, the Mid-South and uh, yeah, that kind of personas like that. And I've seen you a few times and you're uh, very proficient. Like I say, you're a big, strong boy, but you are quite agile as well and you're famous for using the, the, the power slam. Uh, but uh, tell us about some of your moves and how you would describe your wrestling style. Yeah, so I, it's hard to sort of put it into like a one-word category. I think mm. I... I try and describe it as a bit of a hybrid theory because I know a lot of guys uh, look at me when I when I when I first arrive somewhere or get into a ring and think it's all sort of body slams and and shoulder tackles and big man stuff, which there is a lot of that. Uh, a lot of my a lot of my uh, move set in the ring is is reliant heavy on you know picking people up and throwing them real far. But um, you know I'm also you know pretty quick. Uh, I got a big vertical leap. So I, I like to incorporate a lot of that into my wrestling. It's not just all on the ground. There's a bit in the air. And you saw from the, from the big uh, double leapfrog that me and Jordan pulled off as a team, you know, I like to put uh, different aspects of that into my matches to, you know, catch my opponents off guard and, and make it in entertaining for the fans. So it's a bit of a mix of everything. I'm not a very good technical wrestler. I will say that uh, to disappoint my coaches in, in Joel Redmond and Eddie Ryan, especially, I'm not the best technical wrestler in the world. I am trying and really trying to improve that aspect of my game. But um, no, I'm, I'm much more reliant on, on being athletic and, and being strong. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I'm sure the technical wrestling will come, especially the more time you spend with some of your extraordinary coaches. But uh, another, another highlight, another kind of match or matches that I want to talk about is against this guy here. Now, we, we talk about yourself. I think you're 6'1", maybe 230 pounds. Uh, then you've got big Jim Diehard there. And you had a couple of encounters with him uh, in PEW last year. I think there may have been one in June and I think a, a rematch in September. I think uh, uh, Jim won the, the first match and I had him on the show just after that first match. He said to me how impressed he was with a certain Toby Valentine. Um, so I thought, oh, I'll keep my eye on this young man. And I certainly did. Um, and then, of course, you won the rematch in September a few months later. Um, but uh, so going in there with an experienced pro, a veteran of 20 years plus in big gym, that must have been uh, a pretty uh, another great experience for you, another fantastic learning experience, um, but also a, a thrill to go against somebody so big as Big Jim and kind of what he was able to show you in the ring. And let's say two good matches on Deep Out as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, up until that point, I don't think I would say I'd had many what I would class as sort of high profile matches. You know, it had been sort of, you know, slowly building up until that point. But uh, wrestling Big Jim the first time around was a big opportunity for me. Uh, Jim, Big Jim is, you know, a really well-known name in British wrestling. Um, and everyone has great things to say about him. You know, he's fan he's been around a long time and for good reason. You know, he's he's one of the best big men in Britain um, and uh, one half of one of the best big men tag teams in the henchmen with Bent on Destruction. Um, but yeah, getting to wrestle him was a big chance for me. It was intimidating, definitely, uh, because I didn't have a lot of experience uh, going into that match. So I, I 
didn't know what to expect really and and it shows in that first match because I definitely got my bell rung quite quite a lot by Big Jim uh, as Chris Bronson likes to say battered from pillar to post um, but and then getting to have the rematch uh, with Jim yeah. gave me I had a lot more confidence going into that one I knew more what to expect I'd had more matches in the meantime and when we came back for the rematch I like to think I was I was a lot different to how I was the first time around and I think that shows picking up the win. Uh, how did you beat the big man? Was it was it your uh, finisher, the power slam, or how did you actually uh, get the one, two, three? Do you remember? It was absolutely not the power slam because, as strong as I am at that point, maybe now, but at that point, I was not quite strong enough to hoist Big Jim up for the power slam. I seem to remember I beat him with a spear. I just ran through him with every ounce that I had left. I think. From what I remember, um, it was a pretty last-ditch effort, I seem to remember on my part, but I think that was what it was. And, and you mentioned there that you probably couldn't have beaten him with a, a power slam then, but maybe now. What sort of training are you putting in, or what sort of hours are you putting in in the gym? And obviously, you, you, you bolt up, you've got a bit more powerful. I think I've seen some pictures of you from a year or so ago comparing you to now. There is certainly a difference. You're obviously putting a lot more work and hours in the gym as well, Toby. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, when I was going to first get into wrestling, before I attended my first training session, I went to the gym religiously for about six to nine months before that, preparing for the first wrestling training session. Because I thought before I got into wrestling, I should look like one or I should at least semi look like one. I don't think I did yet at the point. But um, and then in my early wrestling training, it was more about getting better at wrestling and getting in better cardio shape and doing this and doing that. And it's not until this year specifically, maybe sort of the tail end of last year, but certainly this year that I really started to take, take it seriously in the gym. I'm in there pretty much every single day, regardless of if there's a show or training on on the same day, I'll, I'll be in the gym too, early mornings, late evenings, whatever. And you know, I think it's a really important thing to put that work in and to work on yourself, make yourself a better athlete, make yourself a better all-round package uh, for pro wrestling. And I, I think that's what I'm working towards at the minute. Absolutely. Um, one other opponent I want to talk to you about, and it's uh, uh, Kean Fox Kelly. Now, I think you faced this gentleman a couple of times. Now, I think one outing was very early on in your career. You may have only had maybe half a dozen matches under your belt before you faced Kean. He was one of your first opponents uh, out of lockdown. And you faced him again about a year and a half later. So uh, this year at some point, um, give us your kind of take on wrestling once again, similar to Jim, another another veteran of 15, 20 years of the UK scene, highly respected, very, very skilled performer and uh, wrestler in that ring. Um, getting to face him twice, kind of year and a half apart. Um, so I'm, I'm sure there were differences in your performance and confidence levels, but uh, give us your takeaway moments from facing uh, Kean. There are so many uh, things to say about wrestling Kean. He is one of the real unsung heroes of British wrestling. I think I don't think enough people give the credit and the praise uh, to Kean that he deserves. He's one of the, the best big wrestlers that you will experience. He's a great talker. He's a great professional technical wrestler and he's whacks a hell of a punch as well. Uh, but I wrestled him in what I want to say is my was my third ever match in front of people um, was against Kean, and you know 
he is such an experienced veteran that that match was far better than it had any right to be. Um, he came to my hometown. It was a show that I ran in Holsby, uh, in my hometown. And he, um, you know, came in and, and fought me there and, and beat me quite handily. Um, but, you know, I had always wanted to have more matches with Kean after that experience because I knew that wrestling him would make me a better wrestler every time. And I did have a chance to wrestle him on another show before uh, the match more recently for Southwest Wrestling on a, a show for Superstars of Wrestling uh, in, I want to say, somewhere near Bournemouth or Southampton. It was, it was somewhere real far away. But I managed to wrestle him there. And again, more improvement on that one. But it wasn't until wrestling him uh, in Cheltenham at the Frog and Fiddle for Southwest Wrestling that I, I felt going into that match like I... You know, I want to, I don't know how to put it really, but I felt like I deserved to be there in the match with Ian. You know, I felt like maybe not on his level, but close to it. And, you know, getting the chance to wrestle him again and, and show him especially, but show a lot of, a lot of the guys that I have, you know, improved a lot since the first time that we wrestled and the second time. Um, and, you know, proving myself against Kian was a real personal achievement, big personal milestone for me. And, uh, yeah, I, I have all the respect in the world for Kean. No matter how many times he punches me in the face or drops his leg on my chest, I you know I have so much respect for him, and I'll wrestle him any day of the week. Absolutely, and uh, we're going to jump to a couple of questions that came in uh, before we went live. Once again, from friend of the show, Richie. Now he's got some uh, some interesting questions here. Um, three matches or opponents that you would like to have in twenty twenty three. So I know you've had a a good range of opponents and styles of matches for a range of promotions already this year. But do you have any more and maybe a bucket list of, you know, one, two or three opponents or matches you would like to have before the end of the year? He's put oh, you on the spot. Yeah. He's put you on the spot. He's definitely put <laughs> me on the spot and he's put me on the spot by asking for just three. I'm sure that there's, <laughs> there's a laundry list as long as my arm uh, for matches. But off the top of my head, I think, I think the, the most important thing for me is uh, having matches that will a, Im uh, improve me as a wrestler. Um, and also, you know, I, I want to wrestle the best guys to, to test myself and to, you know, and to, you know, prove myself a bit. So I think number one with a bullet on that list has to be uh, Joel Redmond uh, because he is, you know, regarded by everyone as the benchmark of British wrestling. He's the best wrestler. He has the best cardio. He is in the best shape, you know, he, he is that guy. So I think wrestling Joel would be a, a huge thing for me, something mm -hmm. that would really, you know, it would be a huge opportunity for me to prove myself. It may go back to that very first match I had where I come back through the curtain and dry heave and cry on the floor because I'm, I'm so broken afterwards, but uh, I'd like that test against Joel. And then after that, I think it would be James Ellis, the current new wave wrestling uh, champion. Uh, James is someone who I think, like I said earlier, has one of the brightest futures in wrestling. I really do believe that. And I think that me and him hopefully will have a lot of matches uh, in the future, but I'd like to have a match with James, you know, to really sort of put our stamp on British wrestling and, and really make a showcase out of the sort of next generation. And then after that, I'll, I'll slip a tag team match in there uh, for me and Jordan. I would absolutely love for me and Jordan to wrestle the smoking aces, Charlie Sterling and Nick Riley, who good I show, think if, 
if they're not the best, they are certainly in the top, very, very top of tag teams in Britain. They are such fantastic wrestlers, one of the best tag teams I've ever seen live. They bl have blown me away every time I've seen them. I've met Nick Riley properly a few times. He's a fantastic bloke and a real supportive uh, veteran in, in British wrestling. And, you know, they're both guys who come out of the Southwest. You know, they represent our our turf, you know, up in progress and for all the big companies. So we, I'd love to go against them to, to prove our metal, me and Jordan. Absolutely. And uh, final question for me then, what have you enjoyed most about your time in professional wrestling on the British wrestling circuit uh, so far over the last year and a half, two years? What have you enjoyed most? It's got to be meeting the people that I've met, I think. Um, not, not just the people that I've met in through training who are, I, you know, I consider them some of my best friends uh, in the world now, uh, Jordan being one of them, Kurt Rain, Kid Devon, uh, you know, Ruby, Echo Reed, not Echo Reed, Echo. There's no Reed. She'll, she'll be very upset <laughs> with me for saying that. Uh, that LA Taylor, Eddie I'll Ryan. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> but you know, all these people I've met through training and then, uh, and uh, new wave as well, you know, Alex Vaughan and Shane Hooker and countless others, but just going to different shows and meeting the people that I've met, whether it's been the people that I've wrestled or just, or teamed with, or just been in locker rooms with there. I've met some just fantastic people with great stories and, and, you know, great journeys to where they are now. And it's one of, it's one of the experiences that you don't think about getting into it, but it's something that I think is, is, really is really fantastic about what we do is just the people that we get to get to meet 100 great answer um and uh, before we ask you for your socials uh, i just want to quickly flick through the guests that i have for the remainder of may now it's only may the first and i've got farm strong on the show uh, on the very first day of may of course but uh, this week i've actually got three live interviews this being the first in two days time uh, i've got uh, the freshest the flyest the finest Harrison Leon uh, doing some great things in UBW around Leighton Buzzard and of course Sacrifice Pro in Bedfordshire. Um, he's recently featured on Roy Johnson's uh, Everything Pattern show that happened a few weeks ago. So it'd be great to hear from Harrison Leon, another very bright up and coming individual. I think he's like six foot five. Um, so he's got a very, very bright future. Got a fantastic look. Can't wait to speak to Harrison this coming Wednesday, just two days time. And then at the end of the week, Friday the 5th, um, I've got uh, Jay White. Uh, not that Jay White, promoter Jay White, the promoter of Immortal Wrestling, coming onto the show uh, to uh, hype up and to talk to us about his next show, Immortal Combat, which is happening in my hometown of Westbury on the 27th of May. Uh, Jay White's coming on the show on the 5th, Friday the 5th, to talk all about Immortal Combat. And then uh, next Wednesday, the 10th of, and let's just bring up the, the 10th of May, I've got that gentleman there, um, probably needs no introduction, but uh, the, 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 the Prince of Pace, Callum Newman, will be coming on to the Wrestling Image on Wednesday the 10th, um, arguably one of the best young uh, performers on the UK scene. I don't think anybody can describe him as uh, up and coming because he's been on the scene for many, many years, uh, but probably one of the best performers, one of the best wrestlers on the UK scene and doing fantastic things all around the country 
for promotions like Rev Pro and Progress and so on. I could go on all day about Callum Newman, such a fantastic talent. And then, of course, to cap off the month of May, as I mentioned at the top of the show, episode 300, a milestone landmark episode uh, of, ep of Wrestling with John. There's episode 300 with Nina Samuels herself. We're coming on uh, to tell us all about her fantastic, glorious career um, and about her time in WWE, NXT UK, and uh, the wonderful success she's having back on the UK Indies, um, including being the current women's champion of Riot Cabaret. So we're uh, really looking forward to having all of those guests come on. In fact, I've got uh, all five interviews in the month of May, all within the first 15 days. So wish me luck. That's a lot of prep, uh, but I'm going to enjoy every single second of it. But we've still got Farmstrong Toby Valentine with us. And uh, before we say goodbye, there's an opportunity, uh, Toby, for you to throw out your socials. So where my listeners, where my audience can get in touch, say hi to Toby Valentine, uh, reach out to you on socials, uh, have a little bit of a chatter um, if, if they so choose to, or maybe buy some merch. But uh, where can we reach out and learn more about Toby Valentine? And if it helps, I've got a little ticker running along the bottom of the screen. There we go. Wonderful. Yep. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Toby Valentine 14. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, just search Toby Valentine on Facebook. And if you want to get in touch with me through email for whatever reason, shows or whatever, it's uh, Toby Valentine PW at gmail.com. So reach out. There we go. Look at that. And at uh, that. There's, there's the slide. Beautiful looking guy. There's all the contact details. Get in touch, reach out. Um, and uh, Merch, you do have some T-shirts left, which you're selling at shows, I understand, and maybe some stickers. Uh, tell us a yeah. bit about that. I love the T-shirt, love the design. Uh, can't wait to get my hands on one of those myself. But tell us a bit about the Farm Strong T-shirt. Yeah, so I've got a uh, a bit of a – it's only a very select few left. Um, I'm, I'm running real low. I'm selling at Merch shows, so if you see me anywhere, hopefully I'll have my, uh, my bag with me so yeah the t-shirts i've got and the stickers which are basically just the t-shirt just uh, uh just in a rectangle um big shout out to kurt rain for designing those for me uh he's a great friend and yeah if you come see me come get a t-shirt there we go but uh, uh it's a really kind of final message a parting message from farmstrong toby valentine uh to all of your supporters for the last few years or maybe uh longer uh your fans you're following your, your friends fam family members maybe but uh, a parting message from toby valentine to send us on our way okay so uh i just want to take the opportunity to say thank you to anyone who has ever brought a t-shirt from me uh, i really appreciate that or just followed me on on instagram or facebook or kept up with anything i'm doing bought a ticket to a show that i'm on or to come see me specifically at a show uh, it means everything to me and uh, to all my friends who i train with uh, at new wave and the sweat lodge uh, I'm, I'm forever grateful for you guys for for making me the person that i am and especially i want to say thank you to eddie ryan for making me the wrestler that I am. I wouldn't be here and uh, be the kind of the wrestler that I am without him. So thanks. Thank you, boss, man. I appreciate you more than you know. Uh, but yeah, come and see me at shows. Come to May 20th and see me beat Chris Bronson for the SWW Heavyweight Championship. That's going to be one for the ages. So don't miss it. There we go. But uh, Farmstrong, Toby Valentine, it's been a thrill speaking to you for the last hour and 17 minutes. But uh, take care, my friend, and I'll see you at the Exmouth Pavilion on May the 20th. But uh, take care, my friend, and I'll see you at the shows. Take care, Jonas. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. <laughs>